So I'm preaching this morning from 1 Samuel chapters 29 and 30. So if you want to go to 1 Samuel 29 and 30. Now, back in the old days, um, you know, before there were uh, recordings and before people had printed Bibles, uh, back before the Gutenberg Press, uh, people gathered together in, in, in like this just to hear the Word because they, they wouldn't hear the Word other than that. I'm going to scoot those cords over there. And so they would just uh, read the Word. There might be a little bit of commentary, uh, but that's, that's pretty much what they did. So we're going to we're going to go back to that just a little bit. I'm going to read a, a, a nice uh, section of Scripture here, and as I read through it, I'll make some comments. And then at the end, I want to bring out some application points that we can apply to our lives. I always want to, always want to make application points. 1 Samuel chapters 29 and 30. Okay, so here we go. Verse 1. The Philistines gathered all their forces at Aphek, and Israel camped by the spring in Jezreel. Okay, so everybody knows Philistines and the Israelites, they're sworn enemies, um, always have been, they're always battling it out, always trying to kill each other and, and take, take each other over. Uh, as the Philistine rulers marched with their units of hundreds and thousands, wow, this is no small thing, this is like a, a really big uh, battle that's going to take place. David and his men were marching at the rear with Achish. What? What? David, King David, who some years before had gone against the Philistines and slayed their, their, uh, their, their warrior Goliath, cut his head off, and the, the Israelites routed the Philistines, right? That David. Um is now marching with Achish. Well, who's Achish? Achish is the king of the Philistines. So David is marching with the king of the Philistines against the Israelites. Now, in life, have you ever stopped and you find yourself in a situation where you say, how in the world did I ever get here? You ever had that experience? How did I end up here? I w things were going so well, you know. I, I killed the giant. I, I uh, played music, you know, for King Saul. I, uh, uh, you know, he did all of these great battles and, and things for Israel and won so many battles. And yet he finds himself <laughs> battling alongside the enemy. This is one of those great, you know, points where uh, the adage, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, okay? So that's what this is. King Achish is enemies, sworn enemies with King Saul, because King Saul is, is over Israel, and he, is, he wants to destroy Saul. Saul wants to destroy him, and uh, Achish has heard that Saul hates David and wants to kill him, and so all of a sudden, David is now his friend, right? So that's the situation um, we, we, we find ourselves in. And sometimes when you find yourself in those situations, right, sometimes it's your fault. I mean, sometimes it's, it's you've done something dumb or you've sinned or, or something like that. And, you know, when 
when that's the case, you need to repent and, and turn and, and start doing right, right? But sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's somebody else's fault. And in this case, it's King Saul's fault. King Saul, well, we'll get into that here in just a minute. Okay, Achish replied, let's see. The commanders of the Philistines asked, what about these Hebrews? Now, how many of you guys know military tactics? Anybody play Call of Duty or whatever, you know? What, 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 what do you want to do? Well, I mean, in, in, and some of you were actually in the military. What is the most preferred military tactic that you, you can possibly have over your enemy? Well, not an ambush, but to have, to have your forces in the front and your forces in the back and the enemy in between, right? So if you, all the, you know, if you watch these uh, wars and generals or whatever the movies are, you know, they're always trying to flank the enemy. That's, they're always trying to flank and try to get around the back because the, the, the cherished spot is have people in the back and have people in the front and the guys are sandwiched in the middle trying to battle their way out of it. Well, that's exactly what's going on here because Saul is at the front, right? And here's David marching with a whole bunch of Hebrews uh, up the back. He's, he's at the back of all of the Philistines. And then the commanders, they, they're like looking at each other and they're like, if we let this guy go to battle, we're dead meat. You know? Um, so, but the Philistine commanders were angry with Achish and said, send the man, okay, wait, sorry. What about these Hebrews? So they're worried about the Hebrews behind them. Achish replied, is this not David who was an officer of King Saul of Israel? He has already been with me for over a year. And from the day he left Saul until now, I have found no fault in him. Man, David was, I love studying David's life because David was such a man of integrity in some regards and faithfulness that even his enemy says, I have found no fault in him. That's, to me, that's impressive. That says something. But the Philistine commanders were angry with Achish and said, send the man back that he may return to the place you assigned him. He must not go with us into battle or he will turn against us during the fighting. How better could he regain his master's favor than by taking the heads of our own men? Isn't this the David they sang about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Remember when David came back, when they came back from the battle of Goliath, the, 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 the people were singing in the streets, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Well, here's the root of the bitterness between David and King Saul. Saul is jealous. And jealousy will eat you alive. It will make you do things that you would never have dreamed that you would ever do before. And here's Paul, uh, Saul, sorry. He's in his chamber. He calls for David. He needs to be soothed. This is some years back. David's playing the harp. David, was, David apparently played the harp very beautifully. Playing the harp. Paul gets overcome because of jealousy, Saul, sorry, because of jealousy, and chucks a spear at David. More than once, tried to pin him to the wall, tried to kill him. Um, that is the power of sin. If you let sin 
run in your life. It, it will rule you. It will, it will change you into a very ugly thing. And so as believers, uh, the word encourages us, you know, be in the word. It's good for, it's good for preaching, teaching, rebuking. Um, and what's the other one? Instruction. And um, that's why we need to be in the word is to let it do those things to us, to rebuke us. Sometimes I need a rebuke. I just heard about a pastor not too far from here who strayed from the word and his church fired him. You know, we need, to, we need to anchor ourselves, no matter who we are, whether we're a pastor, whether we're a deacon, whether we're uh, anybody else, we need to anchor ourselves in the Word and let the Word um, correct us. Okay. So Achish called David and said to him, As surely as the Lord lives, you have been reliable, and I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From the day you came to me until today, I have, no, I have found no fault in you, but the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine rulers. But what have I done? Asked David. What have you found against your servant from the day I came to you until now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Now, we can speculate what what David was thinking, what his motives were. Was he really going to fight against Israel? Was he really going to fight against his, his kinsmen? I'm not going to speculate on that, but I, I don't know. I seriously doubt that he would, he would have done that. He may have done just exactly as Achish said, because all along, David has been unwilling to take Saul's life. A number of times he's had the opportunity to take Saul's life and destroy him, and he didn't do it, did he? He said, let God deal with him. Who, who can touch the anointed? Let God deal with him. The funny thing is, I, it, it's, it's amazing to me that David could talk his way into, the, in, into the, the, the land of the Philistines and to become so close and, and, and connected to the, the king of the Philistines. How did that happen? Well, it doesn't really say, except that the king apparently trusted him, uh, said that uh, um, well, there's, 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 there's a couple of things that happens here. David would go out and he would battle. Uh, he would go out and, on these raiding parties. And, um, you know, if you think that David is some, you know, ruddy-cheeked, mild little boy, you're wrong. He would go out and he would wipe out entire villages, like men, women, children, everything. Um, so he was a brutal guy, um, which is interesting because, <laughs> you know, the word says he's a man after God's own heart. Um, but every time David would go out and he would battle, he would do battle. He would wipe out everybody so that nobody could say it was David. He would go and tell, you know, King Achish would say, um, where did you go today? You know, who did you raid with today? And David would actually lie and he would say, oh, I went down to the Negev of Judah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I sacked those people down there and took all their belongings and, and all of this stuff. Well, so Achish, I mean, if you read in chapter 27, uh, Achish says about David, he has become so obnoxious to his people, the Israelites, that he will be my servant for life. So Achish has, is kind of blinded by this greed of having David, who's a fantastic warrior, just an amazing warrior, um, and very successful. 
uh, with him for the rest of his life, right? Because he thinks that since David's been attacking Israel and everything, he's, he's, which he wasn't, um, that he's going to be faithful. Okay. So anyway, now we know how David wheedled his, his way into there, and we can only guess what he would have done in the battle. Achish answered, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said, he must not go up with us into battle. Those are smart commanders. Those are smart commanders. Now, get up early along with your master's servants who have come with you and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to go back to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel, chapter 30. David and his men reached Ziklag. Now, Achish had given uh, David the, the, the city of Ziklag, and so that's where he and his 600 men were, were living with their families. Um, now, the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went their way. Now, Amalekites. You guys remember the Amalekites? Who's, who were the Amalekites? Well, if you remember when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea. As soon as they crossed the Red Sea, somebody attacked them. Who was it? it was the Amalekites. So God cursed the Amalekites from that point. God cursed the Amalekites. There was a curse on them. In fact, God instructed Saul to kill the Amalekites, to kill the Amalekite king, and not even to leave one animal alive. All of the sheep, all of the goats, all of the, all of the cows, and everything. he said, wipe all of those animals, people, everything completely out. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite passages comes out of that. Um, when Samuel comes and confronts Saul because Saul has not killed the king of the Philistines. He's kind of become buddies with him and he's hiding him in the back room. And he kept a whole bunch of the sheep and goats and, and cows and so forth. And Samuel comes in and he says, what is this bleating of sheep that I hear? <laughs> I'm sure the Israelites had sheep, but he was talking about some specific sheep. Anyway, so Paul, uh, Saul did not uh, do what he was supposed to do with the Amalekites. And here, here's the Amalekites back causing problems. Okay, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal uh, of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were take, talking of stoning him. Wow. All the, from hero to zero in about two minutes. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. When you, when you face troubles and trials, and this is, you know, I mean, when your people want to kill you, uh, that's a big trial, isn't it? Um, David found strength in the Lord, not in Facebook, not in his, you know, pals on Facebook, not in, you know, even the people at church. He found strength in the Lord. 
Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord. Um, now, I, I need to clarify, am I stopping at 1130, or is that, is that good? Okay. Is everybody cool with that? 1130? Okay. So what's an ephod? Well, an ephod is like a, it's like a vest, and this particular ephod had the Urim and Thummim in it, and that those are stones, and somehow, I, I'm not sure exactly how, but they would use that to divine, it was, it was approved by God, to divine the will of God. Like they would use it to find out what God wanted them to do. So Abiathar the priest puts the thing on and he does what he's supposed to do. And um, uh, David says, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. So Abiathar answers, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. David and the 600 men with him came to the Basor Valley where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat, part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. Okay. Now, get this picture, okay? David is in hot pursuit of this guy that has taken his, his wives and his, his kids and all of the men. They're going along. They are, they, they are on a mission. They're focused, and they're going. Now, when you get in that mode, do you have a tendency to kind of push other people aside and, and kind of... I do. I mean, when I get focused, man, a lot of times I, like, ignore a lot of people and... You know, I want to get this, I'm, I'm going for this thing. David doesn't do that. He finds this Egyptian who to, to him is like a dog, you know, uh, and the guy's half dead. And he takes the time, he stops with his whole army, 600 guys, he stops and he takes time with this guy, gives him uh, f uh, figs, raisins, or whatever, whatever the things were, and revives him, takes the time to revive this guy, showing kindness. Turns out that the guy knows something that David needs to know. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev of the Carathites, some territory belonging to Judah and the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master and I will take you down to them. He led David down and there they were scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking and reveling because of the great amount of plunder that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. Now. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I chuckle a little bit. It's like, oh, only 400 camel riding guys got away. Well, how many were there? I mean, that tells me that if he says, oh, only 400 got away, that tells me that there were a lot, a lot, a lot more than 400. And here's David with 600 men, and they routed them. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken into 
including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind at the Besor Valley. They came out to meet David and the men with him. And David and his men approached. He asked them how they were. You see the tenderness of David's heart here. He, he takes care of the Egyptian. Here are these guys that are exhausted. They, they flaked out in the time of need, right? I mean, you could, you know, some people would get really mad at these guys. Look, you weren't there when I really needed you. We needed you there to, to battle these guys. But David's got a, a bigger mentality. He knows that the battle is the Lord's. And he genuinely cares about people. Not only the Egyptian. Now, the Egyptian, you might say, maybe he was trying to get something out of them. But these guys, he could have chewed them out for flaking out on him. But what does he do? He asked them how they were. But all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers said, because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. David replied, no, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He, see, he's got that perspective. This is, God did this. God gave it to us. You, you didn't do it. God did it. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the men who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All will share alike. David made this a statute and ordinance for Israel from that day to this. When David reached Ziklag, he sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends, saying, here is a gift for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemies. Okay, that's amazing. So the whole story comes all the way around, and David actually gets to bless Judah rather than battle against them. So let's, let's just take a minute here and... Um, and, and, and point out some, in just our, our last five minutes here, let's, let's take a look at some uh, application points, points and principles. Number one, you can end up in a bad place like Saul did because of your sin or like David did because of somebody else's sin. It's just, that's just how life is. It's not fair. You can end up in a bad place. If it's your sin, you need to confess it and give it to God. Um, I mean, if, if it's your sin, you need to repent uh, and do right. If it's not your sin, you need to, you need to give it to God and let him, let him work it through. Number two, find strength in the Lord, not those around you. And maybe 2B, point 2B would be seek the Lord. You know, when you have a situation, don't, like I said, don't run to Facebook. Don't run to Quora. Don't run to Reddit or wherever you go to get your opinions from. Go to the Lord. Seek Him. Number three, are you in a bad situation? Are you facing a trial right now? Are you in a bad situation and you're impatient for it to resolve? Be patient. Think about the Egyptian. He'd been there three days. Think about David. He's lost his wife, his two wives, and his kids. I mean, things are looking, they want to kill him. So in both of their lives, 15, well, five minutes before they met, 
They were both in a terrible situation. But God, God had a plan. And I want to encourage you today. God has a plan. And we don't have time. I, I, I'd love to tell you a story, how amazing thing that God pulled together. But God does that. He'll take all of these disparate pieces and he'll bring them all together. Boom. And he'll bless just a whole bunch of people. And number four, the final one, um, just encourage you to genuinely care for people. Genuinely care for people, not looking for something out of it, but genuinely care for people. It always pays off in one way or the other. Uh, you may, you know, have, they say no good deed goes unpunished. Um, have, you, have you ever heard that? And I've experienced that many times. You know, I do something really great for somebody and it's like, almost like I get punished if I do a good deed. And no good deed goes unpunished. But often it results in, in personal blessing. It results in blessing other people, which blesses God. And that's what we want to do, right? We want to bless God. So um, genuinely care for people. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is amazing. You are amazing, Lord. Thank you for revealing yourself through your word and that we can uh, just look at it and read it and study it and enjoy it, Lord, and learn so much from it. Um, help us to go here to, from here today uh, thinking about the example of David uh, and Ziklag and to remember Ziklag uh, when we're facing the things that, that we have to face. Lord, help us to go from here loving you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, none of us do that, Lord, but we cry out to you to help us to strive for that to just love you with everything that we have, Lord, and to serve you with all that we have. We count it a privilege to be your kids and uh, to serve and do ministry with you. And we just want to see your name blessed above all. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.